Hello and welcome back to the ring. I, of course, am your host, the one, the only Dr. Bob, Dr. B.O.B. Yes, that's me. And uh, joined once again by the blowout man, uh, owner and operator of the Ohana Wrestling Federation. How are you today, blowout man? Doing wonderful. Thank you very much, Dr. Bob. Congratulations on having such a great week in wrestling. God bless you and your Ohana. It Let's was, do this. I'm happy. It was. It was a very good. It was a very good week. Uh, shitty day today. I stayed up uh, in all um, for the sake of uh, transparency. I guess I uh, I watched NXT UK the newest episode last night, but I was a little too uh, in my cups to take notes, and then I didn't get to watch it today. So I'm kind of flying blind on the newest episode. I remember most of it, but uh, we'll, when we get there, we'll just kind of, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on any one thing this episode. I, this is, like I said, it's a catch-up episode. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I'm ready to catch up, too. I, I was uh, cramming NXT UK all day uh, yesterday and all day today, and I've got it on right now. And I, I, liked, uh, I liked that last little match we had at the end there with, with Joe Co- with Joe Coffee, of oh, the Coffee Rampage Brown match. Ramp- Rampage Brown. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, when we we get into that one, I, I'm going to have a thing or two to say about that in that episode overall. Um, right. But let's go back. We're going to go back about uh, what what is it? Three weeks now to NXT UK from uh, August 12th. Uh, the first match was uh, Flash Morgan Webster versus Wolfgang. I've got this one starred as a match that if you did not see it, you should go back and watch it. Uh, Wolfgang ends up winning, but it was a really, really good match. And um, I think I should, I think it showed a lot of what Flash Morgan Webster can do as a single and how and what he can do besides fly around. Does that make sense? Yeah, both of these guys in this match... That was that was the first uh, match I'm doing right now. I'm actually getting ready to get started right now. Yeah. And a flash uh, yeah. from the um from subculture. From the subculture. Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be swinging some meat. Let's just say that. <laughs> but um, so that was a good match. Uh, we got the announcement for a match we're gonna talk about later on, which is the Joe Coffee Rampage Brown, uh, the third match in their series. And the um, they, it's announced that that's going to be a knockout or submission only match. Um, right. Again, when we get to that match, we'll we'll get into to that stipulation and what made it different. Um, there's a little interaction between Isla Dawn and Danny Luna backstage, where Isla Dawn seems obsessed with Danny Luna's hair. Loved um, it. Loved all that stuff. It was funny because we're coming out of the, um, you know, the the the. Ugh, the the COVID era. I don't want to say the word, but yeah. you know the the germ era. But yeah, she still wants that hair, right? Yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> so then we get uh, the announcement that Jenny and Joseph Connors are in Sid Scala's office, and they announce that it's going to be a no DQ match, and Jenny's all happy. And then she said, and then Sid says that Joseph Connors is going to be in a shark cage, and she gets pissed off again. So, um, and Chris, that match has happened on the next episode, so we'll get to that. Uh, then they do a uh, Nina Samuels versus a Mel match, which is a, a heel versus heel match. Now, I'm not a huge fan. Like the first, the first match is babyface versus babyface. Your second actual match is a heel versus heel. Um, I I wish they would stop doing this. I understand in the tournaments you're going to end up with babyface versus babyface and heel versus heel, but that's for like a title uh contention the you know this is just a match a, a grudge match too between two heels so um always kind yeah, of exactly rubs. so so they didn't have any other heels or any other uh you know faces that could have filled the bill at the moment you know they couldn't have yeah. dropped in a, another heel yeah and exactly. got in somebody in there that could get more heat you know yeah. for the bad guys mm-hmm so, um, but it was hear, a good, I, I hear you. I I'm learning. I'm learning. That makes a lot better sense. That's better writing. Yeah. But, um, it was overall, if you took that out of it, just had it in a vacuum, it was a pretty good competitive match. Um, a Mel wins, not really too much to say about that. It wasn't a barn burn or anything to write home about, but it was all right. Um, we get a package on Walter Dragonoff too, which we just talked about on the last episode. Um, 
we get that little um, backstage interaction between Eddie Dennis and Symbiosis and Saxon Huxley, which that matches on the next episode we're going to talk about. So um, we'll we'll circle back to that then. Um, get we get a package on Satamore and Stevie Turner again. That's on the next episode. Pretty Deadly deliver their promo. Love that promo. Yeah, I sent was... you out sent you out the tweet of him holding the Triple H hammer. Yep. Yeah, uh, I was like, "Yes, boy." Hashtag <laughs> yes, boy. So, um, so that was pretty good. Uh, let's see, we get Mark Andrews versus Noam Dar, and that's the first match in the Heritage Cup Number One Contenders Tournament. Um, I wanted to say, um, overall, it was a very good match, um, but especially watch uh, Noam Dar during the third round which is when he gets his first pinfall. Beautiful, beautiful work by Dar in this match. Um, also, I think it might be in the first or second round, Dar apparently has a version of the Garvin Stomp. Um, you might know it more as uh, the um, the Randy Orton Stomp, you know, when the guy's down on the ground and he stomps on his hand and then stomps on his other hand and stomps on his legs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right. It's yeah. actually called a uh, walk in the park, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's well, called a walk in the park. Yeah. And so was, he, go, he goes for any appendage that's down and then just stomps on anything he can. Yeah. Well, it was originally was attributed. It was called the Garvin stomp because uh, Ronnie Garvin used to do that in the uh, in oh, the late okay. 70s and early okay. 80s. Uh, um, and uh, so it was the Garvin stomp and Dar's version of it. He actually picks the guy's appendage up. And puts his leg on it and then stomps on it from up in the air. Basically, like, you know, like he holds the guy's arm, puts his foot on it while it's in the air, and then stomps it down onto the canvas from that. It looks really brutal. Um, right. It's probably not any more brutal than the actual Garvin stomp, but it's uh, it looks really good. Um, Dar wins in a great match. What did you think of this match? Because this is your first time seeing Noam Dar in the ring, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I'm at the Pretty Deadly uh, promo right now, going along with what we're what we're cruising with, and this is a way to cement yourself in history. I'm at the Darty match now, and it's it's just firing up right now as we go. And you got to remember, uh, Doctor Bob, this was three weeks, and it was the first time seeing them. Yeah. And I know, I know they had that. I know they had that outstanding, outstanding match. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm pumped for for NXT UK. I, I love their style. I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. I want them to. Um, I want to see what they're gonna come up with next week. Yeah. Every time I come up with uh, their spots, I want to see what they're going to do next week. It's right. always, you know, how they're going to put it, put these guys in with uh, Trent Seven mm-hmm. and uh, and what's call it? Uh, Tyler Bates. And Tyler Bates. Yeah, I want to see how they're going to start working in with the real guys that are mm-hmm. in the main portion of the, of the show. Yep. I well, yeah. This uh, NXT UK feels it feels like what NXT used to feel like when it was only an hour long and it was only on the network. Like, it was like this thing you kind of had to search out. And it moves at a pretty, it moves at a good fast pace because it's only an hour long. So they got a lot of stuff they got to get through in an hour. Um, You don't see everybody wrestle every week, but you do like whatever storylines are going on, you get some sort of tidbit about them every week to keep you interested in the story you can't you does that make sense you don't just go two weeks without hearing from somebody and then all of a sudden they have a match and you can't remember why they were even feuding to begin with oh no exactly every single one of these people are hungry mm-hmm. they got their, the eye of the tiger you know they're they're looking this has become itself its own brand in itself oh yeah and i i've also you know for me who likes taking the 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 business likes taking professional wrestling seriously and having it presented seriously. I love the British style because it is very, um, it's very snug to, to right. use a word that they like to say. It's very, it's, it's snug. It, uh, you know, they lay stuff in sometimes and they'll, you know, have a gentleman's agreement, you know, in the back, like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, lay in these chops, lay in these punches. Let's make it look like a fight, look like a struggle. And um, it, it comes through in the presentation and it makes everybody else look that much more legitimate because they do it that way. Um, 
So Man, I can't get enough of um, watching Andrews with his um, what is it, his Pele kick he does is pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got a good one. But both of those guys were good, and Mark Andrews is another one. Him and see, I used him and Flash Morgan Webster when they do tag team stuff, they tend to do a little too much. I think we talked about that the other week when they had the uh, their match with Pretty Deadly, but. Um, as singles, they work completely differently, and they work as in, in a tag match, and it they look really good. They don't they've they've really tamped down their like high flying stuff, and are doing a lot more mat based stuff, and and it 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 makes it more that much more exciting when they do go to the air. They do get you know a couple of moves in the row, and they get up on the top rope and fly. Um, so I think I think they're actually listening to some of the veterans in the back there uh, at, at the UK Performance Center. Um, so oh yeah. yeah, for sure. That's what I was alluding to. I wanted you to p- hopefully pick up on that. It seems like these guys are just getting um, seasoned by yeah. somebody that that's back there that's got a lot of years between them of mat based professional wrestling. So you got the gra- grabbing of the face. <clears throat> Excuse me, warriors. I apologize. And then you got the raking of the eyes. Yep. And you got the you got the boots to the eyes. Mm-hmm. All the little all the little things that you don't see when you're watching. You know, I don't want to say offense right now, but if you see like Xavier Woods in there with uh, Bobby Lashley, you're not going to catch Bobby Lashley giving him the, the boot right to the eyes and yeah. raking. Uh, oh. You know, um, what, what I'm you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He's not going to rake Woods in the eyes with his and rip his rip his uh, try to rip his wrist off because it's no. more for show up on a big stage. Yeah. I mean, although I would like to see Bobby Lashley do that kind of stuff a little bit more because he's a heel, and I think heels should cheat and should bend the rules, even if they don't have to, just because in the grand scheme of things, you're supposed to be a bad guy, act like a bad guy in the ring. Um, I would love it if he would start raking eyes behind the ref's back or just, just someone, just little little things to cheat when you don't even have to just makes it that much makes you that much more of a heel i think um you know the um i'll I'll go back to this the midnight express used to have television matches every week against jobbers and the guys you knew were jobbers the malkies and the um the uh bob andersons or whatever like you know just random jobber guy number one local talent or whatever but they always still cheated in those matches. They didn't need to cheat. They were going to win because they were, um, you know, against super undercard guys. But they cheated anyway, and that helped them right. keep. Help. It got heat. Yeah. It, it got heat from the crowd, and it got reactions, which would then uh, create the storyline that you could further in the match. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, it just it, it made people hate them. And that's the thing you want when you're a heel. You want people <laughs> to hate you. Um, yeah. Yep. So my boss uh, told me a very a very funny story when he went to Mexico mm-hmm. and he was listening to the guy uh, tell the audience in Spanish that they were all a bunch of blah 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 and that every time he would hit the guy it would say, Oh my god, Chinga to moderate everybody oh, <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was funny. So um that is funny. Okay, so we move on from that episode. Of course No M Dar wins, so he advances to the next round. Um, of the tournament, and then we advance to the next episode. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, nice one. Of, of uh, NXT UK on August 19th. Um, this one starts off with the uh, UK women's title match between Satamora and Stevie Turner. Um, you can tell in the very beginning, especially when they're doing the mat stuff, that Satamora is the one leading the match. She's leading Turner through the match. Um, she has a really good, uh, Satamore has a better uh, mat game than I remembered. She's really good down there on the mat, uh, putting, moving from hold to hold and, and wrenching it in and making it look good. Um, Stevie Turner is green. You can tell. Uh, there was a part when they were on the outside and she was supposed to be running uh, uh, Mako Satamora into the ring and then into the barricade and then back into the ring. And she literally puts herself in a headlock so she can shoot Satamora off into the ring. Um, and it just looked, it, it looked like she didn't know any other way to shoot somebody off into the barricade. And, um, but that's something she can, that's something she can be taught. That's, that's something you can work on. Um, 
Right. That that comes with uh, giving somebody a partner in the ring because maybe yep. she's working her, all these matches by herself. She's not learning these hold that are done on the outside when two competitors are yeah. are doing things. Then, then then that's when that happens if you have yep. an actual partner. That that you know uh, if they're gonna do uh, uh, they could put her in some tag matches. That wouldn't hurt. Um, she's just green. I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to is uh, she's green, but she has a bunch of she has a lot of potential. Her facials are good um she's uh um she's athletic she when she gets on offense it always uh looks pretty good so it's you know little things that they'll she'll learn i mean i'm pretty sure that that's why mako is in nxt uk anyway is to kind of kind of teach their move their division along a little bit because you know, with Kaylee Ray, you don't have, and with Kaylee Ray and Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm and all of them gone, you don't have a lot of other than Jenny. You don't have a whole lot of veteran women in that in that division. Everybody's really young, so you need somebody in there. And working with Mako is a great way to gain experience. Um, I had I, I had written down um, that I was trying to look up. Uh, I was trying to look up um, Stevie Turner's father uh, today on. YouTube and I couldn't figure it out. Uh-uh. I think you're thinking of the wrong one. I think you're thinking of uh, 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 Zia Brookside. She's the one with the uh, with the father in the business, Robbie Brookside. Got, got it. That's Zia Brookside. Yeah, Zia Brookside. Z I A Brookside. Um, yeah, yeah. She's. But I I can understand how other than the uh, the height differential, I can see how you would make that confused because they're both skinny blondes. And they kind of even have same their gear kind of look very similar. So that's a um, I mean you know that's that's a distinction, especially from somebody who hasn't been watching NXT UK for I mean you've only been watching it since we started doing the podcast together. So right, and um, I I had for some reason thought that when we were watching the Turner match a couple of weeks ago that I'd heard mm-hmm. uh, Nigel something McGinnis say something about Turner having a father in the business, but I think it was probably Brookside match. Yeah. So uh, I, I I digress, Warriors. Um. Oh, it's cool. Uh. The um. We get a little package on the Heritage Cup match coming up between um Oliver Carter and Kenny Williams. Um. Again, we'll cover that. That's the in the that happened in this most recent episode. Uh. We get another package on uh, Coffee and uh, Rampage Brown, which is good. Which was good. Um. Then uh, the second match of the episode, uh, Saxon Huxley versus Eddie Dennis. Um, this is another one that I starred, uh, uh, like the Mark Andrews match and the Flash Morgan Webster match. Go back and watch this match. It's really good, and it's a completely different style than a lot of the other matches that we've seen on NXT UK. Um, and I look next time! <laughs> Better luck next time. Um, Better luck next time. I really do. I I love Saxon Huxley. Um, he has progressed so much since he started in NXT UK because he's he's been an underneath guy for he's been there since the very beginning. Um, Eddie Dennis has too, but he got injured for a while, so he got injured like right as it was getting started, and then came back. Uh, but Saxon Huxley's been there since the beginning, and I love this kind of Bruiser Brody type of. Uh, gimmick he has I think it's he's really working it well to to the point where like yes he he's like a crazy wild man but he gets in there in the ring and he can actually he can work really well um he does like you know his his moveset it's very basic he doesn't do a lot that's like crazy flying over the top stuff everything's pretty much ground-based and um um you know lots of strikes stuff like that but he does them well you know what I mean? He throws a good punch, which th- makes him more believable. Um, he wins in a good match. Um, the best, and it's also the best Eddie Dennis match I've seen ever. So um, something about these two guys work well together. They have chemistry in the ring. I hope that we get to see this kind of play out over the next uh, month or so and see where they go with this because I like saxon huxley a lot and i'd like to see him actually get some some more tv time um, i think huxley i think huxley uh shades a cactus jack jumps mm-hmm. off that off the ring apron and then lands on the outside i think that's the shades of the old mick foley action right oh, there yeah. well you admit, i mean mick foley was inspired by bruiser brody there's no doubt about that and uh brody was one of the first guys to really like 
well, not one of the first guys, I guess, but the one of the most memorable guys that really act like a complete wild lunatic in the in and out of the ring as when he was in character. Um, but uh, after the match, Symbiosis attacks uh, Saxon Huxley, and I wrote, no refs or security, no friends of Saxon's in the back, nobody comes out to stop it, they just attack him. You know, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse when I say this kind of stuff, but it's just, it really takes away because, you know, if there's at least a couple of refs out there trying to get in between them, you know, and get knocked down or something, at least it looks like there's a, um, like something's happening. Like this isn't supposed to be going on when it's just guys beating somebody up after a match in the ring. It looks scripted, which means it looks phony, which means it exposes the business as phony. I wanted to give you uh, a quick second to, to chime in. If you saw uh, the OSW guys review, I sent them, I sent you guys a few of their shows. They do the OSW review, old school wrestling. And these guys are uh, really funny. And they had this one episode I was watching last week where there was spittle on the face after the match. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were wondering, they asked us, mate, what would you tell your, 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 your friend there inside the ring? It was just tell him something. It's shades of, it's shades of when, um, the referee tells Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania 10, Hey mate, you got something in your nose there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't catch that, but that was goal. Oh, yeah. Cause Saxon or uh, Eddie Dennis had a whole bunch of snot and spit in his beard, but I think, but, Honestly, I think it kind of worked for him because he presents himself as so prim and proper when he is actually like a crazy man. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like it showed that other side of him that like, you know, that that is this this evil, mean, vicious, savage person, you know. So it kind of plays into the juxtaposition of where he's always wearing suits and always prim and proper and, you know. So I think that it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. I was busting a gut when I was watching the OSW review. These guys are super funny. I'm gonna just keep trying to send you as many as I can. The ones that are good, I'll send you them. Okay. You can watch them when you can. Are you they're, where they're are you great. sending them to me at? Because I'm not getting them. I'll I'll send them via either your um, Twitter. I'll just send them to your Twitter, okay. and then you'll be able to see it. It's, yeah, it's, just just it's send them to Bob, DM me. Bob, Doctor Bob, and and you'll see it. Os, OSW reviews. Okay. They're real fun to watch. They're great. Um, so let's see. Next we get a package on uh, Jenny and Valkyrie, which is going to, of course, be this next episode we're getting ready to talk about. Um, we get Isla Dawn versus Danny Luna. And the whole purpose of this match was for Isla Dawn to steal Danny Luna's hair because she's a witch. And, of course, hair has has power because it's, you know, it's part of the person. Um, right. That's why you right. got to use. That, when that's you, when you can start using the most dangerous element of all time, according to Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. Voodoo. <laughs> so, um, so she tries to steal the hair, but it kind of felt a little bit like a gimmick match. Like it just, I think she went a little too hard into the "I need to steal your hair. I don't care about winning the match" thing. And if she had dialed it back just a little bit, it wouldn't have been quite as silly. Now, this whole gimmick is kind of silly anyway because, you know, like in the next episode, she again takes the camera crew out to her secret witch spot, which somebody's going to figure out where it is if she keeps taking camera crews out there to uh, see her put pers- other people's personal <laughs> effects in a box in the, not sure. you know, in the ruins. I'm not sure. They, ne- they, they never found where any of the Blair Witch Project was filmed and, and done at, and that's all been a mystery for years. You know, so um, somebody's going to be like, oh, I know that set of ruins. <laughs> so, We're going to have to ask Zach Baggins of Ghost Adventures and get his career, get on top of the Xylodon issue and see what demons are dealing with in this young lady's mind. That's that's true. Zach, is he the one who has the um, the museum in Vegas? Of course. Yeah, I've Zach been to Bag- that museum. Zach Baggins. Oh, you did? You saw yeah. that, that? Oh, my goodness. The doll. He has the doll inside the case. Yep. I, I, I saw the doll in uh, the Dybbuk box. Um, and, uh, all kinds of other stuff. They have tons of stuff from, uh, serial killers. They have a whole room of that. Bill Lugosi's mirror. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it was a pretty cool. It was a pretty cool little museum. I'm not a uh, um, a believer in the mystical, but uh, it was it was a fun experience. It was fun. It was a fun little. Uh, um, it was a fun thing to do with my being my friend. I do a really good Zach and Baggins impression. Let's hear is it. There any, is there anyone here beyond the spirit world that can speak to us right now from the Warriors, from the beyond the spirit world? Well, I sit here. Well, I sit here and manifest upon myself. The uh, uh, is there anybody in parts unknown? Yeah. What's the area code for parts unknown? Can you call parts unknown collect? <laughs> It's right. It's right between, um, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so it's Reno. <laughs> Sorry. You could you can find the map if you were to watch uh, the old cartoon Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, so we get another package on the Walter Dragonoff match, which of course hadn't happened yet. Um. And then we get uh, Mustache well, Mountain. Well, 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 being that the Walter Dragunov match hadn't happened yet, we could kind of go over the old match real quick. Because I, I studied the old match right before we uh, had a chance to go over the new match. Oh, yeah. Right now would be a good, a good spot to go over the fact that that um, Ilyana Dragunov did not win the first match, although it was very brutal. And up until this point was the most brutalist thing that Triple H and um, uh, Master William Regal yep. and... Um, Drew HBK. McIntyre and HBK, even oh. Drew McIntyre had, had had words to say about it. it. Had been the most brutal match that they had seen in in WWE history. I love I love how they have Fit Finley there, and all they have to do is have Fit Finley go, oh, like <laughs> like that's it. And you know how brutal it is because Fit Finley, yes. like exactly. It, and it's funny because uh, Fit Finley won the first ever um, garage. Uh, car match where they were in the in the side of a big old garage uh, mm-hmm. and it was burning it was a burning garage full of cars match all you had to do was get over the fence but they were fighting on legitimate um um junkyard fit finley is a tough son of a bitch yes i yes. mean i imagine he, he could probably because i don't know if you noticed uh remember a couple years ago at the hall of fame when uh, the dude jumped in the ring against uh with with bret hart and attacked bret hart no, yeah. I never saw that. I didn't know that anybody had did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some some asshole in the audience jumped in the ring while Brett and Natalia were in the ring inducting um, Animal into the Hall of Fame, um, or not Animal Anvil An- Anvil Jim Nightheart, because um, they were doing yes. it as a they were inducting the Hart Foundation, and somebody jumped in and tried to attack Brett. And uh, the I think it was the three people that got on the dude the best were uh, Ronda Rousey's husband. Um, I think it was, Ca- I think it was cash from FTR and, um, and fit Finley <laughs> fit Finley jumped Gosh. up and was right in it. But I was like, of course, fit Finley is going to get in the middle of a fucking fist fight. <laughs> oh yeah. Fit yeah. Finley probably sensed it happening before it happened. He probably knew the guy's uh, eyeball in the whole time. And then as soon as he jumped the, jumped the rail, he was right on his throat. But, um, so we get the, um, yeah, but that was the first Walter Dragunov match. If, if you, if anybody out there listening has not seen it, go watch it. It's just as good as the most recent match. Um, I, I really can't say which one's better in all honesty. I can't, I think, um, they're both just so fantastic and it's very rare that you get uh, a rematch that's as good as the first match. Does that make sense? No, I mean, and it's not even that same type of hell in the cell where it's, I don't want to say uh, formatted, but Drew McIntyre falls on where there's a, a imaginary hand underneath uh-huh. the ring. Yeah. And he pulls, a, he pulls a imaginary crash pad. Everybody wanted to know who was the hand. Who oh, was the, hand that was, the, the hand was, um, was Mae Young and Mark Henry's child. It finally it made up. it. Finally made it to the main event. And so that was the one he pulled out the crash pad. Yeah. And yeah, and and then the the the, the, the horrible part is is after the match, Drew's back looks so horrible to begin with. Yeah. I would imagine at that landing on that pad, all it does was actually help the mate out a little bit because he was already pretty much brutalized as it was. Oh yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> 
you know, and I'll, I'm going to touch on this next. I touched on this a little bit last week or in the last episode talking about the uh, the gimmicked up uh, street fight and whatnot with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. But we get another example of this in the next in the next episode. But first, we've got to talk about Mustache Mountain versus Pretty Deadly for the NXT UK tag team titles. Here How good was that match? Yes, 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 it was. It was spectacular. These guys are awesome. Um, These guys are like two of the best tag teams in the world right now. You know, it wasn't. There were still things. I still think that Mustache Mountain gets a little too silly and does a little too much sometimes. Um, I love Pretty Deadly coming out with the fake mustaches on. That I thought the that was faux hilarious. mustache. Oh yes, it I, was I, hilarious. I popped at first when I seen them. I didn't realize that they were faux at first. I'm, it was, I hadn't watched the it was um, NXT hard. UK all that long, and it, it looked pretty realistic. And I'm like, did they did they grow them on real quick? And then even the announcer goes, "How fast did they grow those mustaches?" <laughs> I saw them earlier today, and they were clean shaven. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. He says, "How fast did they grow those?" And then I realized that they put on little fake mustaches. But you know, match. especially with Lewis Howley's, I it was kind of hard for me to tell that they were fake. I mean, they did a yeah. good. They found good fake mustaches to use. If you're going to use fake mustaches, at least use proper ones. Yeah, <laughs> and they they were dedicated to the stash too because yeah. while the match was going on, it's a long match and they don't really lose the the, the faux mustache until way way deep deep in the match. So yeah. it's pretty funny. They just stick with them. Well, yeah, and it's it, the, well. That's another thing is like those that the glue from those things and those fake mustaches poke your skin and itch and whatnot, especially when you sweat. So, I mean, that's a um, kudos to them to be able to wear the fake mustaches that deep into the match because I would have I would have wanted to get them torn off like right at the very beginning. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was yeah, a- great great intro, uh, pretty deadly with the best intro in wrestling right now. Uh, the olden days, I used to think Dolph Ziggler had her, the best intro in professional wrestling, but uh, now it's pretty deadly. Dolph Ziggler had a really good intro back in the olden days. He used to come out and say, oh, every single time. And he would look at the camera, and it was, I'm here to save the world. I'm here to show the world. Come on. Bring it up. Dolph Ziggler was. He had the coolest intro, but now pretty deadly right here in NXT UK. Oh, yeah. I like that side place that they show. Mm-hmm. That's so unique. That's like- so unique. Yeah, I love the side plate check. I love the little the little thing where the one guy gets on the ground and taps him on the shoulders and they both put their arms up. Like it's just it's it looks like something, I guess I, I don't know how to put it's it. Classy. It looks cool. It's it, classy. It's it super is. classy. We haven't seen this type of uh, a show of, yeah. of of championship show, you know? Both oh, yeah. champions in the ring and both champions out of the ring. Yeah, and they and they for the most part, I mean, they get a little silly in their promos, but that's usually when they're making fun of people, and they take everything in the ring very seriously. They take, uh, you know, uh, themselves seriously, and they um, really present themselves as champions. Um, I was literally just talking about this on Twitter last night. If you look at, uh, if you compare Roman Reigns and the Usos. And how they're presented on SmackDown versus uh, Kenny Olivier and the Middle Age Bucks, and how they're presented on AEW. I feel like Roman Reigns and the Usos are presented as like legit serious champions. Does that make sense? And, and the AEW guys, uh, the uh, Olivier and the the Bucks, are um, they're just kind of there. Like they have the titles, but they don't feel like like legit champions to me. Well, the, the, the pace is definitely a bit slower in the WWE universe. Yeah. The AEW universe is way fast-paced. It's just it's way out of control. So they got to slow it down a little bit. But the, the pace in WWE is slower. So, yeah, you get that more, you get that more uh, dramatic effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, from the I, audience. I really do. Like, but I – and, like – you know, I'm I'm not here to crap on AEW. I can crap on no, AEW. No, no, no. I'm big. But... I gotta wear my AEW shirt next week. I got my demigod Chris Jericho shirt on today. Say, I'm so. not. I am not an AEW fan by any stretch of the imagination. But I am a huge Roman Reigns fan, and I have been for years since. Um, I mean, literally since the Shield broke up. Since when everybody was booing him out of the building, I was like, why? 
the, the guy puts on great matches. Like, I don't really care that you think he's getting overexposed. He has great matches with everybody. I mean, he had great matches with Bray Wyatt, and that wasn't an easy thing to do. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, Roman, Reigns, Roman Reigns took his dues the last time he had that, that um, match with Lesnar. Mm-hmm. When Lesnar started to Lesnar started to drill him, and uh, and Roman Reigns just laughed at his face. Mm-hmm. Brock gave him all he got, and Reigns just laughed at his face because the back of Roman's mind, he knew he had lineage, mm-hmm. he had family, he had history. He was going to be cemented oh, yeah. in well, this business forever, and, and Brock is just going to hit him in the face. Me. That's nothing. I mean, well, yeah, and and he's got he's got the age factor too. Roman Reigns is a lot younger than Brock Lesnar, and he's got a lot more years to be on the top of the business than Brock Lesnar did or does. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. At the, I mean? At, at the end, it comes down to ego, and then I was watching that match, and then when, as soon as uh, Roman Reigns started laughing, you hear you hear uh, JBL say, "Ha that's that's that Samoan." Uh, that's, that's Samoan pride. That's yep. Samoan yep. pride right there. He just won't. He won't let Brock Lesnar let him know that he 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 fears him or anything like that. So now that it's come to fruition that they're going to come back and face each other again, mm-hmm. Samoan, uh the, the head of the table, Roman Reigns is just going to smash him and pin him. Yep. I I mean, and I'll be I'll be absolutely honest with you. I've really missed JBL on commentary. A lot. I know. I like he, listening to him on the on the bump, or like listening to him on what you call it, um, the pre-show. The pre-show yeah. is really funny. Him apparently, him and yeah, him and uh, what's we call it, Rosenberg are so funny. Together. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's great on the pre-shows. Um, <laughs> I need to watch. He has, a, and this is, I guess, we're doing a shout out for his show. I don't even know what it's called, but um, it's he has a show with uh, Jerry Briscoe, where oh, they bring shoot, on. That's guests. funny. That's the that's the um. That's a shout out to their show. They have a podcast. So yeah. when you guys listen to the show, just look it up. It's the yeah. JBL podcast with Briscoe. That's awesome. They talk about all the olden days. Yeah. I, I really need to start listening to that because I think JBL is an absolute riot. And uh, I love his, he takes the business so seriously. And I just appreciate the hell out of that because there's a lot of guys who kind of don't take it that seriously anymore. But anyway, getting back to guys who do take it seriously, Mustache Mountain and Pretty Deadly. What a great finish to that match. That match had a fantastic, that was like straight out of the Jim Cornette playbook that finish was, uh, where uh, Lewis Howley throws in the towel to make the referee think that Trent Seven threw in the towel to get the referee distracted with Trent Seven so he can hit Tyler Bate with the championship so that Stoker can, you know, get the, you know, so that uh, they can get the win. It was just I thought it was fantastic. I was like, that is one of the best finishes I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, probably you know, you know since... Gets, you know who gets the Oscar on that one, right? Who's that? Is 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 the is the Warriors man right there, Trent Seven, uh-huh. on, selling the, on selling the tell come in? Mm-hmm. Like, huh, where did it come from? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not only that, but I love Lewis Howley. He throws in the towel and then immediately lays back down on the ground like he's still selling and hurt. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was just, it Plus, was fantastic. It, it, was, it was classic. I wanted to go ahead and get, let you say exactly how it went down at first. But um, once it all came back to fruition, it was something of, something of beauty to watch. Yeah, it really was. It was probably the best finish they've done since the, uh, um, if you haven't seen them versus Gallus for the titles, go back and watch that match. Because that one also has a really good finish that involves a title shot. And again, that's something about Pretty Deadly uh, uh, that makes them a great heel tag team. They heal when they don't need to heal. um, And they cheat pretty much every match I've seen of them. They cheat in some way, shape, or form. And it always makes sense within the context of the match. It's not like they're just uh, cheating you know, I mean, obviously they're cheating for the hell of it and cheating to win, but uh, they're also cheating to where it makes sense. Um, but they're styling, though. They're standing yes. there with their their, their $7,000 boots and their $500 gold watches, and they're just, like, styling, profiling. These guys right here are the guys to watch, brother, and they're the young bro- they're, the, they're, the young, they're the young warriors. They, they're the young uh, tag team in, to, in this division that's going to become the future of this of the WWE right here. 
I really think so. I I I think I think a hundred fucking percent. They'll at least be NXT tag team champions within the next year or so because they're too good not to be moved over to NXT and then eventually up to the main roster where who knows what will happen to them then. We saw what happened to the revival, but um, so. Yeah, uh, it was uh, that was again a great match. Go back and watch that one. Um, now the next episode, I didn't, I watched, but I didn't take any notes on. But I know what the three matches were, and I know we got the um, an Isla Dawn package where she took the ca- camera crew out to her secret witchy spot again. Um, Good stuff. But and um, she takes the hair. She takes yep. the hair, she puts it inside a little tiny little box, mm-hmm. and she puts it down inside the ground, and she puts little uh, sticks on top of it, and then that's that's when uh, that's when she uh, taps it three times, and then there's uh, a commercial for Candyman that comes out on the WWE Network for Peacock. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, which I'm excited about. I'm sorry, I love the original Candyman mu- movie, so any sort of reboot, remake, <laughs> I'm there for it. <laughs> Nice little shout out to the brand new uh, blockbuster that's coming out in a couple of days. It's going to be so terrifying. I'm going to get into this uh, this salami sandwich real quick. Oh, mm. oh, that sounds good. I love I love a good uh, uh yeah, salami capicola. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. Love an Italian sub. I have cucumbers. Mm, nice. Um, so uh, but the first match was the Kenny Williams um. Oh God, Kenny Williams and uh, Oliver Carter uh, Heritage Cup match, which I thought was really good. I liked uh, uh, Kenny cheating to win, of course, because he's the scum of the earth. He's a cockroach. Of course, he's going to cheat to win. Um, I thought it was a pretty good match, and it, I don't think it was anything to write home about. But um, I'm glad that uh, that Kenny won. We're going to get a heel heel match. Uh, between him and Noam Dar in the semifinals. So that'll be interesting, to say the least. But um, I'm glad Kenny won. Did you get a chance to see that match? Yeah. Yeah, I did. This is the first match that starts off um, the the newest episode that just came out, correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I did. These guys, these two guys, it's loading up right now, but. Just give me a second to load up. These, this stuff, all this stuff for the Heritage Cup is is freaking awesome. Oh yeah, I, I can't, I can't believe that 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 they they have such awesome talent here at NXT UK and so much future for them to pick from. It's like the giant ocean of talent that they have to oh, do, yeah. to create this great show that they have every single week. Mm-hmm. And then yep. shout outs to other show, uh, the, the Bama, the Bama Slamma. Oh yeah, hi Bama Slamma. Yeah, shout um, out to the Bama Slamma. They have such a great show over there, and he has such an awesome take on all these um, episodes. And it was unfortunate that when you guys were doing your your podcast last time, uh, Katie Katie Baby said that she didn't even want to watch uh, NXT UK, and I was like, "Oh darn it! Yeah. Come on, Katie, you got to you got to try to jump on. You got to try uh, to get into this. It's not for everybody. I mean, that's just yep. kind of how it is anymore." Um, so we got the Heritage Cup match. Then the second match was uh, the Jenny, uh, Eva Valkyrie, uh, uh, Falls Count Anywhere, no disqualification match with Joseph Connors and a cage. And, of course, they're in the ring all of 30 seconds before they're out on the floor and hitting each other with laptops and dumping trash on each other. And I just I tuned out because that's not my thing. I don't like it. I don't think you need it. And I think the match that follows this in the um, follows this absolutely proves that you don't need it, um, because the next match was the Rampage Brown. Did you have anything to say about the the Jenny match? I um, I'm just kind of skipping had, over it because I didn't care. For I had it. I had something just to just to mention about uh, Valkyrie's character. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if she's a talkative as much, and uh, then we also have. Uh, um, Ah, we were just talking about her a second ago. Um, that one that clicks the 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 hair. Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn also a non-speaking character mm-hmm. on the show. And so there's like two promos during the show that you're gonna have uh, a whole lot of this non-speaking uh, yeah. action that's gonna be taking up a lot of dead air. Mm-hmm. So I think either one of those two characters needs to give themselves sort of an inner voice. Yeah. 
I I mean, Eva Valkyrie does talk. I just don't think she's very good at it yet. I I really I feel like she's a little too green to even be on TV sometimes because I don't think she's really found her in-ring character or her in-ring style or her gimmick or her voice in her promos yet. And I think it kind of it kind of feels a little scripted and a little uh, hesitant or um, uh, scared. You know what I mean? Like, cause if I, you, well, you know, cause you've done acting school and you know about public speaking, you can always tell when someone doesn't come in to any sort of uh, presentation, whether they're speaking in front of a crowd or whether they're in the middle of the scene and they don't have confidence in what they're saying or what they're trying to convey. Does that make right, sense? Like, like if you were watching, like if your grandmother was watching the Hallmark channel at the house mm-hmm. and then there, there was a Christmas episode. And they're just all kind of running lines, and uh, uh, what's his name, Bob Bob Benford? Yeah, from Benford Tools. <laughs> yeah, I saw that this weekend. He was he was doing a show. Oh, I, and I was uh, like, yeah, this uh, this is terrible. Oh, I I my wife and I love watching the Hallmark uh, Christmas movies during Christmas because we uh, actually made up a uh, a drinking game. Well, we didn't make up. Go. I found one online. Is so like like every time they drink hot chocolate, uh, you know, you take a drink. Every time they make fun of fake Christmas trees or talk about how you have to have a real Christmas tree, you make a drink. Every time someone falls down in the snow, you take a couple drinks. Like it's just, you know, when so someone it, gives someone else a wreath. Oh you God! Oh, so anyway, um, so yeah, the Jenny match I didn't care for, and here's why: um, because this next match is so good and it's so right. brutal and just like the walter Dragonoff match you don't need chairs and tables and chains and gimmicks to make a match brutal you can do it just in the ring and that's literally uh rampage brown and joe coffee went to the floor what once or twice the whole time they were there um i think he does go outside once and then he does that flip over the barricade yeah but I think that was it. That was pretty much the whole rest of the ring. The whole rest of the match took place in the ring. And technically, if you really want to, you know, get into it, it is a no disqualification match because the only way to win, therefore the only way to lose, is by uh, knockout or submission. Um, so I have a nice take. I have a nice take at the ending here. But go ahead, let's finish up. So you know they, um, so they beat just just beat the crap out of each other, and it was at the referee's discretion. It um it had a a much different feel to it than any other match I've seen in a long time. Like you know the um it didn't have turnbuckles. It had the little pads in the like a boxing match. Uh, the lighting was different. The referee, our uh, my favorite referee in, in, in WWE right now, Chris Sharp. Shout out at, at Chris Sharp. Um, was uh, you know he was dressed all in black and he had gloves on in case somebody got split open. Like it was just, it was a very different, very serious presentation. Like it was an actual fight, and they fought like they were actually trying to knock each other out. And right, I, I, each I, spot. Each spot that they did was a knockout spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the high forearm and then to mm-hmm. the buckle, a knockout spot. Big time driver, knockout spot. You know, and since there were no pinfalls, they didn't have to have any false finishes. They just, you know, it, if, as long as the other guy moved, as long as they both moved fairly quickly after the spot, like they didn't even have to get up. All they had really had to do was just like roll over so that the referee could see that they weren't knocked out. It just in that so that they were able to sell and register all of those big spots that they did without having to have a false finish or having to keep the match moving too fast. I mean, it, it they let it take it took its time. It breathed, and it just it was so just fantastic. And again, hard hitting, brutal. Um, I think the right guy won. In all honesty, I think uh, Rampage Brown uh, is definitely the. Uh, uh, I think he needs to be the first guy to take on Dragonoff for the title. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, Rampage Brown for Dragonoff. Mm-hmm. That they, they, I, they've not they've not uh, crossed paths yet, Doctor Bob. Uh, well, they had that they had a triple threat with uh, Dragonoff, Joe Coffey, and Rampage Brown, and Dragonoff won the triple threat. 
but um, I have a feeling that they're each going to have one one. They're each going to end up uh, challenging Dragonoff. I think Coffee and um, Wolfgang and uh, Mark Coffee. I think the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang are actually. I would put. I would send them over to NXT because if they're going to be revamping NXT and using. Uh, trying to use bigger guys and guys that are more ready, closer to ready to be up on the main roster. I think the coffee brothers and Wolfgang Gallus, that Gallus group is among those guys. You got to be thinking about because they're big. They look like tough, uh, dudes. They look like guys that would get in a fight because they're bored. Um, and I just, you know, uh, I, I think they would be ready. They're they're not the best at promos, but when you look like that and you carry yourself like that in the ring, you don't have to be a great promo. All you have to do oh, I, is be a passable promo. Actually, I wanted to uh, be the devil's advocate on this one. I'm on the I'm on, I'm totally on the fence with that. I like um, the fact that these two guys use their punches instead of yeah. forearms. Yes. And so when they're talking in their in their promos, when they're saying their promos. They're talking about using these, their fists, yep. to be able to do business with. Yeah, and you know what? It it, it it sort of transcends through the through the television because you're like, I could I could I could use these for business, you know? Yeah, but it's not you don't so much want to use your forearm for business. Yeah. Well, I think the forearm, honestly, the forearm shards, unless they're really stiff, look phony. I, I think they look fake because there's no way to wind up the way you can wind up for a work and punch. You know what I mean? Like when you wind up for a punch and you bring your, your I'm, I'm doing it right now. You can't see me, but you, you know what yeah. I mean? When you, when yeah, you wind too. up for like, even if you're uh, in a, um, in, in a, like a combat scene uh, uh, on stage, when you pull your arm back, and then you like wind out like you're swinging a haymaker or something, you know, and it looks more dramatic than just moving your four, moving your half your arm, moving your whole arm looks better than moving half your arm. And um, it looks, you know, like when we were talking about Bobby Eaton and how good his working punches were, um, it's because he wound up and he actually made it dramatic. Throwing a punch should be a dramatic looking thing. And, right. uh, yeah, and you're it's it's perfectly safe. There's so many safe ways to use a working punch, but everybody wants to use these shitty forearms, and they all look bad. Um, carrying crosses don't look awful, but that's because he's really stiff with them. But not everybody you're in the ring with is gonna like be okay with you being really stiff. So, you know, uh, I think yeah, everybody yeah, should I mean, have look, a good working punch. For some for some reason, for some reason they. They are all using these forearms, but yet you look at you good you you look at the the situation with Sheamus though. Mm -hmm. Sheamus got hit in the nose with the forearm from um from what's gonna call it from was that Riddle? Uh, no, it wasn't Riddle. It was um the the young uh, Latino Luchador oh, that, that uh, wrestles. Oh God, uh, not Angel Garza, <laughs> the other guy. Cal not Calisto. No. Um, God, I can't remember his name now. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know. I can't remember because he hasn't wrestled in a couple of weeks. I think it was, uh, uh, the guy yeah, with I, the I, dimples. I know who you're talking about. He's a baby face. Um, right. And so he, Umberto, he, 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 Umberto, Umber, Umberto Carrillo, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, big shout out to Umberto Carrillo. So he, he hit, uh, Seamus. Yep. with the shitty forearm that mm -hmm. actually connected and hit him in the nose. So, I mean, there you go. So, so, I mean, yeah, and, and, and both of those guys, both Rampage Brown and Joe Coffey have great working punches. Well, I think Coffey's actually boxed before. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rampage Brown has boxed, too. They seem like guys that would just box for the hell of it. Like, not even, like, just go to the boxing gym and be like, oh, I want to get in and box somebody. And tape up and just go beat the crap out of each other. So oh, they're probably, They probably grew up boxers, just like my neighbor over here, Mark. He's a yep. Marine veteran. He grew up with his brother's boxers. Yeah. And so as soon as he came home, they would just start boxing. Yeah, you know. So, um, so yeah, it was a really good match. And, again, you can have a brutal match. You can have a... Um, a really like uh, intense match without chairs and without tables and without kendo sticks and chains and handcuffs and all the other gimmicks they'd like to get thrown in. Um, I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place. I'm not saying you can't use those things, but 
the less you use them, the more effective they are when you do. And it's perfectly uh, okay. It's perfectly um, reasonable to have a great match and a brutal match without using any of those things. So that was basically my take-home point from from that and from NXT uh, TakeOver. We need fans. We need some fans in the audience. That's all oh. we need. Everything else would be just so awesome if we just get a good crowd. I'm telling you, and the the, the UK crowds are so good. Um, actually, go back to a couple of seasons ago. Watch, um, watch Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT UK Women's Championship. That title match. Um, watch anything with um, the Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, because these are like a couple of seasons ago. This is all pre-COVID when they were like packed houses at every NXT UK show. And it's just, the crowd is phenomenal. It, it's so good. The first time Walter showed up, it was insane. The crowd went just batshit crazy. Because, you know, Walter... He was one of the big stars in the European wrestling league or wrestling territories anyway. And then him showing up in NXT UK was just like, what? Oh, they got, they got Walter. Yep. And that's and and it. Brutality has just begun. Oh yeah. Cause he came up and he beat Pete Dunn for the championship. Cause Pete Dunn had been champion for like a year and a half at that point or a year or something. Um, so yeah, he, uh, um, Oh no, I think it was longer. Yeah. Cause Walter beat Pete Dunn's reign and Pete Dunn held the championship for like a year and a half. Cause he beat Tyler Bate for it. And then NXT UK didn't even exist for a few, for like six months to a year. So Pete was just kind of walking around with the NXT <laughs> championship with no fucking brand yet. Um, wow, that's cool. I remember all that time when, for some reason, I, that it clicks in my head. So that was uh, some that was early, early, early years yep. of the of the brand. So uh, yeah, but go back and watch some of that early stuff because it is it's insane. It's so good. Um, the, the, any of Walter's matches, his match with Pete Dunn, his match with Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate and Walter is a fantastic match. Um, really, really good. Joe Coffey and Walter was really fantastic. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Um, well, that's nice. all of NXT UK. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a little bit more for the end of this uh, Rampage action. Yeah, man, go for if, it. If, if. Right there at the very middle of the last little the last little flurry that they had there, if Joe Coffey would have initiated right there as soon as he got Rampage Brown down, the hammer fists, uh huh, he might have he might have been the winner in this one because oh, yeah. the hammer fist was was the was the last uh, spot because you can't protect from hammer fists unprotected to the face. As soon as you're unprotected, then the, the referee, he's uh, Chris Sharp. He's going to go ahead and call it. Yep. So what I figured was as soon as he had right here, Rampage Brown at the mm -hmm. middle of the end here, right here, if he would just come over with the, with the hammer fist right here, right now. And they, and then Chris Sharp would have called it. And, and yep. Joe Coffey would have came over with the, with the brutal, brutal, brutal victory. Oh, but yeah. he doesn't though. He doesn't. He lets him get him in an arm bar. And then the match kind of continues on for a quite little bit, but in that moment he had that spot where he could yeah. have just it would have been it would have been Joe Coffey with the victory. I mean, I I honestly didn't know who was going to win that match. Uh, yeah. um, I really didn't. That was another one of those ones. That's why I was on the edge of my seat the whole match is because I didn't know who was going to win. Um, and uh, but uh, Coffey has been there for a little bit, and Rampage Brown is is newer talent. You know, he's, he's, he only came in a couple of months ago and, um, he's, so they're kind of, he's getting the push. Joe Coffey's giving him the rub because they're friends backstage. And, um, I, I right. think, you know, so I, you know, I'm not oh, upset yeah, we, we that also, Coffey didn't we also win. Forgot, we also forgot to mention one, one point, um, Dr. Bob, when they both, uh, were back to back on the ground. Yeah. And then Joe Coffey tells, um, Joe Coffey tells Rampage, he's all, no mercy. <laughs> we finished this. Yep. Yep. 
That was uh And then I and then uh, as soon as I heard him say no mercy, I wrote down notes down here. Oh, no mercy. What about <laughs> we get NXT no mercy? Oh. That would be NXT NXT UK takeover no mercy. Yeah, NXT UK takeover no mercy. And then they could go back to the old uh, No Mercy set with NXT style, mm-hmm. and you could bring back the little the little voice of the Undertaker <laughs> about the man who was set on fire, <laughs> um, but he keeps coming back. So, um, well, yeah, is, is that all the notes you had for that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That was what I wanted to mention. I wanted right to mention on. Joe Coffey had a chance there at the end. I really, I didn't notice at first the turnbuckles weren't there until I'm watching it right now. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it just the whole that that whole match had a different vibe to it, and um, I hope I don't see another one of these matches for like a year, because I want stuff like that that's really cool to be. I want it to be special. I want it to remain special, and the only way it remains special is if we don't see it very often. That's why, you know, like Hell in a Cell matches don't seem special anymore because we have three or four of them a fucking year. You know, does that, you, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Well, it's more of a stage. Yeah. I, so, feel, I feel it's more of a stage. So when, when I was in high school and I saw Robin Hood yeah. for the first time and the guy fell off the back of the stage and I, I'm like freaking out because I'm like, where did he fall onto, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that's it for NXT UK. For, uh, that's the past three weeks. Uh, we will uh, be back next week with the latest episode of NXT UK. Um, and also, next week we are doing Starcade 83. <laughs> We've been, I've been trying to get this. I'm trying to get us to do this for weeks and something keeps can coming I, up. Can, uh, I do my, can I do my Harley Race impression? Yeah, go for it. Next week, Flair. Next week. We're going to be doing Starcade 83 and Ric Flair. I know these two guys right here sitting with me. These two fellas right here know you better than you know yourself, Ric Flair. <laughs> and next week, next week, Ric Flair, I'm going to be, I'm going to be teching your neck. Your neck is my ball game all week <laughs> next week, Ric Flair. You're going to be in there with the best. Oh, that's so good. That was really, that's a really good Harley race impression. I don't think I've ever heard anybody do a Harley race impression, but that is a fantastic one blowout. Really. I Thank swear you. to God. That was, that we can clip, we can clip that words. Thank you. Dr. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. Um, it, which is a, it, 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 Star K83 is a great card. We got the Piper, um, Valentine dog collar match. Of course, uh, we get, uh, Oh, the dog collar wasn't quite slipped in all the way. That might have been the reason why he wasn't able to get the sleeper hold in quite in. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, we got the uh, uh, Steamboat and Youngblood versus uh, Dory Funk and um, Bob Orton Jr. And, of course, Flair versus Harley Race in the cage. It's just, it, it, it's a fantastic show from top to bottom. Um, really, it is. Uh, so I'm I'm excited. To, uh, I'm excited to, to review that one. I'm excited for next week's NXT UK because, of course, it's going to be good. Um, and, yeah, so we're uh, – I think we're all done for the day for that. I'm I've glad, you had, jump a good, off I'm, here I'm glad and, you had a good – I'm glad you had a good show today, Dr. Bob. I'm really happy that, that we had fun today. We went through some – NXT UK got all caught up. Next week is going to be exciting. NXT's really cooking right now, Warriors. And mm-hmm. then Starcade 83, we got great notes. Oh, yeah. Please be with us. It's going to be an awesome show. It is going to be an amazing show. It's going to be a can't miss show. I think all of our shows have been can't miss as of late. We've been on a real roll. So let's you know, we'll knock on wood after saying that because I don't want to have to. <laughs> but um, so um, next week that um, let's see the LWF uh, for any of you that also follow my EFED, the LWF, we will be going live in about. Probably about 20 minutes. I got to get everything set. Once we get off here, I got to get everything set up. Um, and then I'll I'll shoot out a uh, message on Twitter and a message on our Discord. Also, the show, Back to the Ring, we have a Discord. If you're interested in talking to us, um, it's uh, the Discord is Back to the Ring. 
Um, I'm pretty sure you can find us and join us. I'm going to send out an um, uh, uh, invite on Twitter here pretty soon. Uh, we might be going live next week on Twitch when we record the show. I'm not sure if I can get that all of that set up or figure out how to get it all set up um, yet. But uh, we'll, uh, we're working on it. Um, so the Fantastic. LW, the LWF Fantastic. will be live. I can't, I can't tell you how much, how much excitement I am inside my heart right now. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh yeah. God no, bless you all warriors. Hey it's man. A lot of time. Hey man, if, if I didn't enjoy doing the show with you, I would have found somebody else. So, you know, not to, not to, you know, well, you know, what yeah. I mean, if I didn't want Ooh, you here, yeah. you wouldn't, if I didn't want you here, you wouldn't be here. Um, thank you, Sergeant. So um, we got that going on. Uh, of course, shout out to Bammer Slammer. Uh, follow Bama Dave uh, at Bama Dave. Um, it's at Bammer Slammer twenty four on Twitter. Um, you can follow the LWF um, on uh, Twitch TV backslash Bob with a zero Zevon. Um, so that's B zero B Z E V O N. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, you can follow us, the show, on Twitter at Back to the Ring, or um, by personal account at Bob Zevon. You can follow uh, Blowout Man at Unknown Superstar or at uh, Ohana, Ohana Wrestling, Wrestling. Right. Ohana Wrestling Federation. Um, I think that's pretty much all I've got to plug. You got anything else going on? Oh, don't forget um, on YouTube look uh, for the Blowout Man movie. I think that's right. about it, isn't it? Right. That's that's about it for this week, Warriors. Uh, thank you so much to my beautiful wife, Jessica, and my stepson, Brett. They let me have a great show today. And then my stepson, Brett, made uh, some awesome hors d'oeuvres and some awesome grapes and some, some food. Sweet. Um, another another shout-out to another friend of ours that listens to the show. Her name is Jess. She works at uh, 76 down the street. She's uh -huh. a real good friend of ours. And also, uh, shout-out to... Um, the standing streamer and the, the Vanessa producer Vanessa in the chat. You guys are amazing. I'm working on getting off a new episode of the blow off this week. I've been unable to do them for the last two weeks just because I've been so overwhelmed with SummerSlam week, my birthday week. And then this week was three shots of NXT. And then I missed a lot of uh, the actual main card. So I didn't even put out a blow off. So I'm going to do a three banger next week. Right and it's just going to be all three uh, weeks of wrestling real quick in a row. And Sweet. it's going to catch everybody up with all the newest um, plugs and everybody that we've uh, – all the newest members of the Ohana Wrestling Federation and every all the newest members of the Back to the Ring family. Nice. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so that's it. Until, uh, until next week, um, I'm Dr. Bob. Uh, this is, uh, that was the blowout man. And in the immortal words of the great Tully Blanchard, it's been your pleasure. Good night. Aloha warriors. Good night, baby. See you guys next week. Love you.